0: This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Time uh, to take a look at uh, provincial politics. And one of the things we've been hearing about uh, since uh, the last election was the upcoming vote on perhaps changing the way we elect our politicians in BC. The irony, though, is the process where we could change how we democratically choose politicians Many would say is anything but democratic. And that is the focus of a piece written by Global BC's chief political reporter, Keith Baldry. And he joins us on the line to talk a bit more about that. Keith, hello to you. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. Uh, there's been a fair amount of criticism. I think your piece sums it up quite well in a lot of secrecy and a government now deciding to decide or deciding to, to pull experts and decide what type of system we're voting on rather than letting the people decide that. That.
1: yeah well it remains to be seen whether the government's going to do it but the ndp caucus the government caucus and the green party caucus in conjunction with each other had a joint submission uh to the whole engagement process the input process about uh, how you think the referendum should be conducted and they're arguing their position is that uh and it's an important piece because this is the government caucus talking their argument is there should be one question about whether or not you want to basically keep first-past-the-post system or whether you want to switch to proportional representation. But then the fine details, the fine point, the fine print, uh, would be left up to experts appointed by the NDP government uh, to decide exactly what form of proportional representation, what model we would actually use. So if if people did vote to switch to a, a new model, uh, that would be it. It would be up to the experts, hand-picked by a government, to decide what model uh, to be used. And there are, there's really a great variation in types of models of proportional representation. I mean, you, you can actually get a, a heated debate between uh, passionate defenders of one system versus passionate defenders of another system. There's mixed member, which is a, a, one of the more common uh, uh, systems, which would have, you know, basically roughly half-elected and half-appointed by political parties, a uh, single transferable vote, which I won't even begin to describe and, and try to explain because that was voted down a few years ago. Uh, but uh, it struck me as incredibly undemocratic to put the the, the, the details of a voting system over how it actually worked into the hands of, of technical experts, cherry-picked, hand-picked by a sitting government, presumably uh, with an ability to sort of shape the the... the Experts' viewpoints uh, to a point where it would uh, lead to the re election of that government. It just struck me, it strikes me as totally anti democratic. And it's got that piece has got an enormous amount of reaction, even from a lot of people who favor proportional representation. Are find it reprehensible that the government would say no? We'll decide what form, what model we're going to pick to uh, choose the next government. So it remains to be seen whether David E. The, the Attorney General will will go along with this suggestion. But it's interesting when his entire <coughs> caucus colleagues favor this approach. Whether or not he'll he'll push back on this and say no, we're going to have a specific uh, set of rules put in front of the voters. But right now, it's a it's a big mystery
0: uh, because you're right. It's 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 absolutely mind-boggling that uh, that this is a government they're not choosing the system that perhaps is best for the province even if they say that's it that's choosing the system that best benefits the government in power at the time
1: yes exactly i mean i the government's basically saying trust us we'll decide the rules on behalf of everybody and when a government says trust us trust me i just say no i'm not going (laughs) to trust you uh it's particularly when it's something so fundamental as a democratic uh, voting system, this is, uh, it's, it's reprehensible for, for a bunch of elected people to think, we're going to decide on behalf of everybody. You don't know, you know, the rest of you don't know enough. You can't be trusted to decide the questions here. We're going to decide on your behalf. And it's incredibly elitist it's incredibly exclusive and it's uh, it's anti-democratic again i think now uh, evie's been warned by by the reaction this is getting that don't go there one of the suggestions has been hold one referendum do you want to switch to another system if people say yes we want to switch to another system then hold a second referendum on a specific system. W- what we had in the past, Joe, was a citizen, what was called the Citizens' Assembly that got together you know, and hammered out uh, through arguments what si- system they thought was best to put in front of the people. That was put in front of the people. That was a single transferable vote. It was ultimately defeated, but that was a democratic process. And I think, uh, I, th- I hope this time this is what happens again, that there's one vote on whether people want to switch to a different system and then a second vote on, a- on switching to a particular system. Because as I say, there are fundamental differences between different proportional representation models. And for a government to think we know best, we're just going to f- uh, ask our friends which one uh, we want to uh, 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 institute, is just unacceptable.
0: And you mentioned this in the piece as well, and uh, others have been talking about this, even the online survey to get public views on the voting system. If you took that survey, you saw how one-sided it was. The questions, I mean, it was ridiculous.
1: It It was heavily skewed. To uh, leading to an output of uh, favoring uh, switching to proportional representation, a lot of questions were premised on on the assumption that first pass the post was unacceptable was unfair was not good, or was based on the premise that somehow proportional representation was so much better so much uh, more uh, uh, representative of democracy that question after question. It was a multi-question. I took it myself, and I thought, this is, you're leading me down a path towards favoring proportional representation, even though I may not want to go there. So uh, this is, uh, the government's been accused of stacking the deck by many people in favor of proportional representation. I don't think they're doing themselves any good with this approach. They're being secretive. Uh, they're being manipulative, and now with this, this, this caucus submission, which is incredibly anti-democratic, I think people, are, I, you know, I was up in the Peace River yesterday, uh, Jill, talking to uh, a group in uh, Dawson uh, Creek, and they've got their backs up about this, because they realize under proportional representation, the Peace River, which is this vast geographical area of the province, that, which has two MLAs, will lose their, their representation in the legislature because they just don't have enough people. First past the post protects the the, the sparsely populated but big um, and important areas of the province with so the north and the northeast and the northwest uh have MLAs. That will disappear under proportional representation and they'll have uh, relatively little uh local representation. So they suddenly are interested in this this process. Uh, th- this debate is just heating up now. Uh, it's going to go on for some time because the referendum's in the fall, but uh, I'm, I'm glad at least that people seem to be getting engaged in this process because there is a huge potential change to how we elect governments in this province, and I just hope uh, we don't allow a government to sort of set, put the, make sure the fix is in to ensure that the rules suit them and no one else.
0: No, I- exactly. Uh, do we know too? There was some talk about the the threshold itself was lowered from the last time we had a, re- a referendum on uh, on what it, the uh, percentage needed to pass it. Uh, there was also some talk about a voter turnout, and there were concerns of people saying that that there should also be a threshold for that as well, because otherwise, if it is a low voter turnout, do we really want ten percent of the population changing how we vote?
1: That is that is an incredibly important question, and that's exactly a scenario that could develop, Jill. I mean, this is going to be a mail-in ballot. It's conceivable, given our voting, our dismal voting turnouts in in particularly in municipal elections. This is time with a municipal election. This is not time with a provincial election. Provincial elections have a little more than fifty percent turnout. Municipal elections can have as you know, little as thirty percent turnout. Uh, so you could have a, a situation where you a thirty percent turnout. And half of those people changed the voting system, which means 15% of the, of the people of the province changed from a system that we've been using for more than 50 years uh, with various results, I and mean, we've had all sorts of gov- parties elected as government, uh, to one that no one's, we've never tried before. And it's, uh, that's alarming as well, that, that the, David Eby has set a 50% plus one threshold, uh, when in the past it's been 60%. Uh, people point out the NDP doesn't change its constitution unless there's 75% uh, approval at, on the floor. So uh, when you're talking about constitutional changes, and I would argue this is this is equivalent of a constitutional change, it's never a 50% vote. It's usually a two-thirds or three-quarters percent threshold. Uh, rather than the fifty percent plus one, but the uh, e v is setting the bar extremely low on uh, on changing the system
0: right because even at a federal level and granted that 's not happening anymore, but the bar was much much higher if we had gone down the road of changing how we vote
1: exactly no it's uh, the federal government realized it was going to be a, a higher threshold as well uh this is the lowest of all possible thresholds and again given that it's a it's time with a municipal vote where people really don't vote and it's a mail in ballot which is again requiring people to go the extra uh few steps and fill out something and put it in an envelope and send it in it's uh i think the turnout's going to be very low and the potential exists for uh for literally a small percentage of the population uh, potentially changing the way we vote, uh, which is why I think there's going to be a court challenge to this, uh, Joe. I think I think someone's going to go to court, challenge the validity of this entire process, and uh, they'll hammer it out in court.
0: All right, so we shall wait and see, Keith. Thank you so much. Appreciate you joining us this morning. All
1: what you take care.
0: That is Keith Baldry, Global BC Chief Political Reporter. Uh, I am curious uh, your take on this. Uh, it's something I know and I've said this many many times. It's not the sexiest of topics. It's not the most exciting, but it is hugely, hugely important and I completely agree that we can't allow a government to secretly put this together, to put the question out there, to not let people have the vote the general question first, as Keith said, do you want to change the system? Okay, if you get that mandate then you start talking about the systems you don't put a weighted question out there, you don't gear it so that it goes to the favour of the government in power, that is fundamentally going against everything democratic about voting. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the radio player canada app tune in amazon alexa hd radio at 101.1 fm hd2 and on the am dial 980 cknw